What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the This week, I'm joined by Matt Sells. Matt, Fantasy Football Week 6 is in the books. How did it treat you? Uh, it was pretty good for me. I got back in the winning side of things for my big money league. Um, it had been a couple of weeks where I was close, but, you know, had some poor, like a couple of weeks ago, I sat on uh, Antonio Brown who put up more points than all four of my starting wide receivers combined, um, which sucked because that was D-Hop, A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett, and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So glad to get back on the uh, winning side of things. Yeah, DFS was a little rough this week. I finished in uh, in most of my double-ups. I finished about like two points outside the money. If Jacoby Myers' touchdown isn't overturned or taken away, I cash easily, and I'm uh, – Rolling in the double ups for the fourth straight week. Season long went much better. Uh, I like you won my big money league. It helped that I got off to a 50 point lead uh, with Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette last Thursday. My opponent had Mike Evans. Um, so it's always good to win your big league. But, you know, let's just, uh, I do this with Grande every week. We do fantasy football winners and losers. I'll start with my winner. Um, I mean, I already, well, damn, I already kind of like used them. I already mentioned Antonio Brown. Uh, but I guess I'll say Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's my uh, – he was a kind of a mid-round quarterback target for me in uh, my two-quarterback league. Came through in a big way. Uh, I think I used him on FanDuel in my one lineup over there, and I I, I don't play FanDuel very often. Um, I don't even know the scoring that well for fantasy football. But he was in my one uh, FanDuel lineup that uh, – it was like a $1 single-entry contest, and I won like three or four bucks. Not huge. Uh, but he helped me a little bit in DFS and most importantly in, in season long leagues. Uh, he had a solid day. He's got a great rapport with Cooper Cup. So my winner this week is going to be Matthew Stafford. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with a guy who uh, showed up and showed out like we've expected him to. And that would be DeAndre Hopkins getting himself two touchdowns. Now, let's face it. He did not have uh, as many targets as we wanted to see. He only had four targets on the day, caught three of them for 55 yards and two scores. Um, he was out-targeted by both A.J. Green and Christian Kirk um, and had the same amount of targets as Rondale Moore and Chase Edmonds. So target share, not great, though. He was coming in limited, right? Like we knew he had had some issues practicing throughout the week. Um so that was nice to see a nice chunk of points from DeAndre Hopkins um, for those that uh, kind of sat there and questioned whether they should roll him out after the questionable tag. It definitely paid off to do that. But, you know, even if there's only a three-point difference this week between PPR and standard scoring, it's still the two touchdowns certainly helped as the uh, Cardinals kept their undefeated season going uh, with a rout of the now woeful uh, Browns. Uh, fantasy loser for me is probably going to be Michael Pittman. He was in my cash lineup that fell just short. Um, overall, it was kind of a weird day for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, everyone kind of projected and saw Jonathan Taylor having a day. Um, that's totally understandable. He did. Uh, but Carson Wentz only threw the ball 20 times, and he only completed 11 of those. And four of them went to T.Y. Hilton for 80 yards. Um, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised because historically he just flat out dominates the Houston Texans. But Michael Pittman, uh, he was he was a nice price. He was only 5,500. It was a great matchup. I thought there would have been a lot more than 20 uh, pass attempts, um, but he just came up a little bit short. Um, I don't 
I don't think I started him in any season long leagues, but for my big cash lineup on DraftKings, uh, he and the Jacoby Myers touchdown certainly did not help me this week. Yeah, Jacoby Myers, you know, you had to kind of figure it was going to get overturned because the guy still hasn't caught a touchdown in the NFL in his entire career. Um, <laughs> He's the Daniel Hemrick of the NFL. Which is pretty ridiculous because he long ago since set the record for most catches without scoring a touchdown, and that just continues. Uh, my fantasy losers are going to be the entire Chargers offense. Uh, good one. Everybody. That's everybody on the one. offense. Right, they had a full. But you can't go with the Giants because the Giants were missing everybody, and they still had a Daniel Jones out there who I'm pretty sure still had no idea where he was. There's no way that man should have played, but that's a different story. The the Chargers though played a Baltimore defense that has been allowing a decent amount of points to be scored against them. Has been allowing folks to move the ball pretty well. Um, let's put it this way. The Lions offense managed to put up 11 more points on the Ravens than the Chargers did this week. Justin Herbert did not top 200 yards. He had one touchdown. He was also their leading rusher on the day, by the way, with two carries for 12 yards. That's right. I said Justin Herbert at 12 yards was their leading rusher. Um, none of their receivers topped 50 yards. Um, yeah, just the whole just set up for a shootout. And the whole the whole unit just laid an egg. So um, for those of you that played Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler or Mike Williams or Justin Herbert, yeah, that that game did not help you in the least. Uh, let's take a look at some of the games. I kind of want to touch on the uh, the Chiefs and the football team game. Uh, it was kind of a struggle a little bit for the Chiefs. They went into halftime. They were down 13 to 10. They finally figured it out in the second half. Um, on paper, Patrick Mahomes had a solid day. He threw for just shy of 400 yards, uh, finished with 397 and a pair of touchdowns. However, uh, he did fumble the ball. He did recover it, though, but he also threw, threw two picks. Now, numbers-wise, he's still having, like, your typical Patrick Mahomes year. Um, but if, if we were to take him and, say, put him with the Chicago Bears— is he as uh, miraculous as as he is now, or is he just is is Andy Reid's offense and the fact that he has Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey at his disposal? Does this kind of like pump him up a little bit? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, even without a rushing game being evident, basically his entire career in Kansas City, um, he's you know Andy Reid has been kind of the magician there to help him out. But yeah, like you said. If you just look at the box score, it looks like he had a pretty decent day aside from the two interceptions. And that's been one startling thing about the Chiefs early this year is that they just can't hold on to the football. They've had multiple turnovers in like three straight games. Um, Mahomes had never thrown an interception in the month of September until he faced the Ravens. Um, and it seems like the game against the Ravens kind of knocked some of the luster off the Chiefs because they just have not been right since that game. Um, now, they did get what looks to be a very good win, 31-13. But, you know, I to be, all, to be honest, I bet the line at Washington plus 6.5 because I thought it was going to be reasonably close. The Chiefs defense Looking good at halftime. I was great through the third quarter. It was like 17-14. Yeah, yeah. It was only like 17-13 after three, yeah. Um, 
Because Washington's defense hadn't been stopping a lot of people, but the Chiefs' defense hasn't been stopping anybody. And let's face it, Washington can move the ball decently. They got a pretty good run game and Terry McLaurin and um, Ricky Seals Jones, for God's sakes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's very interesting to me to watch the Chiefs throughout the rest of this year because yeah, they came in a little bit banged up, but. Some of that luster has been knocked off. I mean, the Chargers went in there and absolutely housed them in at home. They still got to face Denver. They still got to face Vegas. So they're in for a fight in that AFC West. I mean, do you think that they win ultimately win the division or no? Do you think it's finally the Chargers' year? I thought it was the Chargers' year until they played Baltimore. And unless Baltimore is just that phenomenally gifted in every part of the game, which I don't believe they are because, again, it was – a close game against Kansas City. Um, I think it's one of those two teams. I think it's either the Chargers or the Chiefs. I think that what happened to the Chargers was simply just, and in recent years, I've I've gradually gone away from this narrative because I don't buy it, but this simply looks like this was just a West Coast team traveling East, and they were not ready for a 10 a.m. local time, which is basically what this was for them. I mean, they didn't yeah. look prepared. They looked kind of beat. They, they didn't have it. And, and I'm just talking, like, if this game was in Los Angeles, I'm not saying it's going to, like, the the roles would have been reversed, but by far it would have been much more competitive. I just think that Los Angeles was not ready and they were completely unprepared. And it was, it was West traveling East. It That narrative played a big role this week. I think so, too. It's also the Chargers, and they're bound for one of the at least one of these games a year yeah. over the last, like, decade where you're set up to be, oh, they've covered the spread all the every game, and then they just – don't show up for one of these things. So I, I think there was a little bit of that. But it, you got to give the edge to the Chargers right now, though, because they have the advantage having beaten the Chiefs in Kansas City already. So it's going to be it's gonna be a, a fight here down the stretch for the AFC West. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals moved to 6-0. and They beat down the Cleveland Browns uh, in Cleveland. Cleveland moves to 3-3. Three and three. It was another ho-hum day for Baker Mayfield, only 19 of 28 passing, 234 yards, two touchdowns and interception. He was sacked five times, though. Uh, the Browns were without Jack Coughlin and Jedrick Wills. Um, the Cardinals look like by far the most impressive team. Uh, I mean, they're all the only undefeated one left. I still think Kyler Murray is probably the favorite for the MVP. He's coming off a four-touchdown game. What is going on with the Browns? Um, they have a Thursday night game in Week 7 against Denver. Uh, very likely that uh, they could they'll definitely be without Kareem Hunt. He's going to miss the next three weeks. Uh, Kevin Stefanski said that Nick Chubb was trending in the right direction, but on a short week, I don't know how much weight we want to put into that. Behind a beat up offensive line and a Den- and a going against a Denver team that just got embarrassed by Las Vegas. How confident are you starting any Cleveland Brown in fantasy this week? I'm not that confident, and I have Odell Beckham Jr. who has quote-unquote led the team in target shares and red zone targets since, like, the last few weeks. But, like, that's not saying very much because it's not a lot of volume there. Um, let's not forget, I mean, yes, the the Broncos were embarrassed by the Raiders. But I think that was more of a narrative thing. Like, hey, even though our head coach got fired this week, we're still going to show up and dominate it. Plus, the Raiders-Broncos rivalry games are always – are always nuts. Um, I would say that the Broncos' defense can pretty pretty easily stop that that Browns 
uh, attempted an offense right now. Like, I mean, Odell is really the only one of the only weapons they've got. I mean, I, I know they've got Donovan People Jones and um, you know a couple of tight ends they can toss to, but without that running game, Baker is. I mean, he needs that running game to allow his passing game to work. So without Kareem Hunt, probably without Nick Chubb, I, I don't see how they move the ball very well. It could be one of the ugliest showdown slates in recent memory. Um, we're gonna yeah, the Thursday games have been pretty decent this year. This is not going to be one of those. Right. Um, all right. So let's turn our attention to this week's waiver wire. Who are some players that you're looking at? Um, you don't have to give them away. My waiver wire article is going to drop in a couple hours. One guy I'm really looking at, and I, we've done the NASCAR podcast for years, and we've actually been coworkers and friends for a while. I don't know who your NFL team is. Uh, it's the Jets. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I follow <laughs> Kansas City quite closely, too, because I've been living within a couple of hours of Kansas City for, like, 17 years now. Okay, um, so I wasn't I was sure. I was a Jets fan, and now I pay closer attention to the Chiefs, but I still root for the, the Jets. I got you. So I wasn't – because I know you're a Nationals fan, and I wasn't sure if you were a Washington football team No, fan. my wife is a Washington football Okay, fan. well, this goes out to her then. Uh, J.D. McKissick is coming off a game where he had 16 touches, eight of which were catches. He actually led the team in targets. Um and Antonio Gibson is a little beat up. He's got a shin issue that's... It's like always, a stress fracture. Exactly. Right? He's always questionable going into every week, and then he's active, and he gets, you know, he gets like 10 carries or like 12 to 15 total touches. It's just he doesn't do anything with him. Um, yeah. Is J.D. McKissick probably the running back that needs to be added this week, even ahead of like the Browns guys or any running back in Baltimore? Yeah, probably. A, we can't figure out the Baltimore running game, right? That was the narrative coming into the season. Everybody thought it was going to be Taysom Williams, and then we'll all of a sudden know. he was inactive for like two weeks in a row, right? Um, the Browns' offensive line we just went over is terrible. It's a short week. It's not a good matchup either. The Broncos' rush defense is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I would I would say that especially PPR leagues, J.D. Rikasek <clears throat> is probably the top um, – the top guy i mean you know the the one the teams out there with some questionable running games that maybe there's a guy or two around that you could pick up like the bears or the chiefs they just don't run the ball enough to make them worth it to pick them up so mckissick's got to be the guy for me are you interested in ty hilton i had a lot of questions last week regarding ty hilton i said i wasn't that interested um, I wanted to see him do well. I'm not surprised he did well because it was the Texans, and historically he he right. dominates them. Um, do you have any interest in T.Y. Hilton? I'm not spending a ton of fab, um, but, I mean, sure, in, in like a deeper league if he's available, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get him just for some depth. But I have a hard time starting him. Yeah, in a three-wide receiver league, he's more appeal. Like he's got more appeal, right? Because you've got bye weeks, you've got injuries. Wide receivers decently deep, and let's not forget, a couple of years ago, T.Y. Hilton was still, you know, in the conversation for a pretty good wide receiver too. Now he's lost a step or two. He's been injured. He's, you know, lost Andrew Luck. Right, he lost Andrew Luck. He's got Carson Wentz, who has looked good, but only threw it twenty times. Um, most of that was game script though, because I got up early and then never had to really throw it. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested a little bit, especially with um, I believe Paris Campbell may have a season-ending foot injury too. Ooh. I I saw that today. I think on maybe Pro Football uh, Talk. Um, not I don't know that it's been confirmed, but there's talk that he that the foot injury he's dealing with might be uh, season-ending. Michael Pittman didn't look that great last week. You know, this week. So I'll take a shot on Hilton, but not not that much fat. Um. So we have quite a few teams on by this week. Right off the top of my head, uh, it's going to be – I apologize if anyone heard that loud car outside my apartment. It's going to be the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Bills, the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Jaguars. A lot of startable quarterbacks. Who are some quarterbacks that you might stream this week? I'm kind of looking at Derek Carr and and, and – um, I, so Carr the Eagles defense can't stop anybody. Exactly. The, the surprising thing is, though, is that they haven't allowed a 300-yard passer yet. Well, okay. But in fairness, like, the Bucks had a pretty good day passing. They were just efficient and then ran the ball all over them, right? Like, you don't need the 300-yard passer to put up the points. You need the touchdowns, and they're not keeping anybody out of the end zone. So... Well, yeah, Derek Carr's a reasonable uh, streamer guy, for sure. Would you also be okay with um, Carson Wentz on Sunday Night Football against San Francisco? I know the passing volume there wasn't there in week six, but I don't expect that to continue two weeks in a row. Agreed. He's also looked uh, a lot more, a lot closer to his previous self, the one that was actually, like, good at playing football. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the game script favors him. Also, San Francisco's defense hasn't looked that great at slowing teams down, really, um, in the passing game. They've been okay, but not not great, not as good as we thought they would be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd take the shot. Getting T.Y. Hilton back should, should certainly help him. All right, last thing I want to talk about, Michael Thomas is eligible to come off IR this week. Um, he will, he's not going to be ready to play in week seven, uh, reports are that he's still a few weeks away. Would you be looking to acquire Michael Thomas and what, you don't have to give me a specific player, but what kind of like range of player would you be willing to give up to acquire Michael Thomas? Is it, would it be like, you know, a top 24 running back, like a low end RB two or, you know, any tight ends that you might part ways with? I doubt it. I don't think a tight end is going to get you Michael Thomas for half a season, right? If this guy comes back, he's healthy. We've seen Jameis be able to pilot this offense pretty well and put up some pretty solid numbers. Um, There's clearly targets in the passing game there because really the only guy who's getting targeted is Alvin Kamara with regularity. So there's clearly targets there. Um, It's tough, though, to make that deal if you think about it because – you're not going to trade a quarterback because they have zero trade value, right? Mm-hmm. Tight end, the only ones that are really going to get them are probably a top five tight end, and you don't want to give up a top five tight end if you have one because the rest of that position sucks. Defenses are out because nobody ever trades for defenses. So that basically leaves running backs. But with the amount of guys that have gone down this year and the volatility at the position – if you have running back depth, are you willing to trade that away to get a question mark at wide receiver? Because we don't know if he's going to be fully healthy. He had a weird offseason with the team, right? There was the whole thing about it, how he wasn't really talking to right. the team for a while. And we don't know if, like, he's not really gotten any reps in with Jameis. 
right? So it's going to take some time to find rapport there. So I don't, I don't know that I would actually be willing to trade for Michael Thomas, which sounds weird, right? That sounds <clears throat> two years ago, like you would have been like burned at the cross or something. <laughs> right. But like, it's just the fact that the only thing that's going to get it done, because nobody's going to take, I mean, maybe you could get it done with a proven wide receiver because they don't want the question mark at wide receiver. They take a proven guy. But like, again, if you have a proven guy, why are you trading for a question mark? Would you rather have A.J. Brown or Michael Thomas versus the season? Probably A.J. Brown. I would still lean that way, too. Like, he's been disappointing, and, like, the whole Chargers passing game has been pretty underwhelming, but that I think I would lean with. Would you rather have Adam Thielen or Michael Thomas? That one's easy. I'd go Thielen. I think I might go Thomas. I think I'd be willing to gamble on that one a little bit, because... I mean, Thielen had a great game in week six, but he was coming off some pretty, like, three really bad games or so. Um, um, I'm not exactly convinced that he will consistently be as involved in that offense. And I think that, like, the Saints are still paying Michael Thomas a large enough amount of money, and Jameis can aggressively get the ball through the air more than Drew Brees could later in his career. So I do think that if Thomas is healthy, I think he they would want to quickly acclimate him to this, uh, the Jameis Winston offense. And yeah. it'd be nice if he and Kamara were splitting like 50 to 60% of the targets. Yeah, it would be. Um, I don't know. I could be convinced, I guess, on Thielen right now. I'm leaning Thielen over, um, over Thomas. But, like, if you're somebody that has Thomas, I would solicit and see what you can't get for him. I mean, maybe there's a decent deal to be made. I just saw somebody in our Discord chat today make a deal giving up um, CMC and Keenan Allen to get Joe Mixon and Justin Jefferson. That's a solid return. Yeah, I'm like, that's a great deal. I would take it. He goes, really? I said, well, CMC is going to miss at least another few weeks, right? Yeah. You haven't gotten anything out of him in the last few weeks. So that's like six weeks of eaten roster spot mm-hmm. Keenan Allen is solid but you can't tell me that Justin Jefferson is not better than Keenan Allen right now so they're at least equal and jo- and Joe Mixon the volume is there and he's catching passes so yeah I think that, I think you actually get better value out of that trade than what you're giving up all right well Matt thank you so much for your time best of luck to you in week seven and best of luck to the FA Nation Best of luck, Evan Nation.